Fun fact about Aaron Watson and myself, we are both sponsored by Rock and Roll Denim. I, of course, have been on the team much longer, but um, we both rock the Reflex. Reflex Denim gives me the flexibility I need to uh, keep it 90 whenever I'm spurring bulls. The biggest problem I have with them is I get an earache because I'm able to stretch my leg up so high that my knee hits my ear when I'm spurring bulls. Also use them when I'm ranching. Uh, the Vintage 46 is what I lean on the most, um, or what leans on me, however you want to word it. But check out rockandrolldenim.com. The, uh, the, the favored gene of not only Dale Brisby, but Aaron Watson. Two goats in their respective industries. But I think if I picked up a guitar, I'd be a goat in that industry as well. Regardless, I'll be wearing rock and roll denim. Now, onto the podcast. Thank you so much. What's a little town? Bunger. Bunger. Used yeah. to play the Bunger Barn. Over by yeah. uh, going towards uh, Possum Kingdom. Yeah. Yeah, Graham's not too far from the old Dale Warehouse. And in the Dale Warehouse today, we've got Mr. Aaron Watson. How many albums have you had? I think 18. 18 albums. 18. And your most recent one is Unwanted Man. You uh, came out two months ago. Yes, sir. And we're going to hear some of the stories of some of those songs. Where all is this album available? Well, it's available everywhere you can get albums. Yep. And uh, I just dropped a bunch of vinyl off at the... I'll do some vinyl. Oh, yeah. That's a big thing now. It's really cool. You know, I, I actually, I've got a pretty neat old Collection. school do record you? player. Yeah. Custom made, 1961. Have, do, you have, do you have all 18 of your albums on vinyl? No, I've just got uh, four at the moment, gotcha. and we're we're slowly. Has that always been a thing, or is that just the last few years people started putting their stuff on vinyl? I think the last five or six years it's gotten really popular, which is yeah. really cool. I mean, because I've yeah. always loved vinyl, and um, so it's fun. It, it's it's a really fancy, I think it's a really fancy 8x10 right. that you sign. I think some people list will actually listen to them but i think a lot of people just you know you can tack them up yes sir on the wall and right stuff like that you sell yeah. them at your merch booths yeah sell them at uh, the merch booth even cooler yeah get you to sign it right there right that would there. be neat yeah personalize it vinyl. oh yeah that'd be neat yeah they're pretty cool yeah, and watson handed me this one as they put it in their record player <laughs> there it is right there one thing we glossed over as we you know you guys are going to hear a lot of stories from him but uh your son's playing with you what does yeah. that mean to you? Like that's got to be special. Oh, <laughs> dude, it it is. It's. <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, he he plays. Yeah, music. he plays. Me. You know <laughs> what? It's not. The, it's kind of annoying, actually. <laughs> you know, actually, now all the girls are just focused on that little turd. Right. He's still in my thunder. How old and is he? He's sixteen. Oh man. Well, I bought him a. Uh, you know. You know, and nothing against his buddies that all got brand new trucks, but I told him, <laughs> that's not going to be you. Right. Okay. And um, I found him this uh, little 2010 Silverado. It's got the... Hand crank. Yeah, hand crank windows. and uh, But I was like, dude, you got a... You got some, some insurance yeah. coming up. Time to get to work. And I'm like, you can either stay here and shred 100 acres or you can yep. go play the guitar. And he's like, guitar. Yes. And uh, you know what? It's 
it's a little sur- surreal. I can imagine. To, to look at him. And he's been playing for a long time, and I'll have to send you some videos of him. He, he, he He's very talented. To be 16 years old, and literally he can just play whatever he wants to play. He's like into Mark Knopfler and all these, you know, he's 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 very talented. And so for me, it's like for the first, I don't know, you know, 80% of the show, I've got him on the acoustic guitar right now because, you know, he can't make all the shows. And the my guys in the band have been great kind of working him in. And uh, he's learned the entire show on acoustic. But that last, you know, 15 minutes of the show, I hand him his Telecaster and he just wails on that electric guitar. And I, I really stopped being a performer at that point. I'm just a dad. Yeah, sure. Like I, you, you'll see some videos of me. Fans will post videos, and I just can't wipe that big dad smile off my face, you know. So that's been that's been a lot of fun, uh, just to get to to be with him, and um, you know. Does he do you, do you see him going out flirting and chasing the girls? You know, it's it's interesting. He is. He does. But then he's kind of a little overwhelmed <laughs> with the volume of the girls. Right. Like, he, you kind of see him like he has this almost like deer in the headlight look and kind of this stupid smile on his face and he just doesn't really know what to think of it. And his mom made me promise that I would not give his phone number out. And I said, well, what if she's really a sweet girl? And she's like, No. I go, what if it's like... She's sweet and hot. Yeah, sweet and hot, and her great-great-granddaddy's T. Boone Pickens. And she's like, no. And I'm like... So I tell the, the, all of these girls, are like, can we have Jake's number? I'm like, his mom said no. I have to honor her, but... Here's a Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> Here's but, his Instagram. <laughs> here, it, but his, his uh, Instagram is at thejake underscore watson you know <laughs> but dude it's so much fun and it's fun just watching him do what he loves and i don't know it's just a great experience for us you know and it's it's and of course you know i have to i have to brag on his little brother and his little sister like it just anytime i can have them on the road with me it's just a treat for me so it's but it's fun i'm gonna sign him to my management team and my record label and I'll take only 80% of all 80%. his profits and, you know. Yeah. Yep. You're welcome for getting you your start. Yeah. yeah you're welcome, son. Well, uh, we hear a lot of great stories, the uh, origin story of Mr. Aaron Watson. So tune in and now on to the podcast. Rodeo time. Got to get her on down the road. That's it's pretty... It's a pretty interesting place. Where's this? The, this bar in Buffalo Gap. You walk in there and you're kind of like, oh gosh, this is a little hangout, hangout this, joint. This a little rough situation. Yeah, that. Uh, how far is that from Abilene? About twenty miles south. I'm turn my, you know, I'm turning on airplane mode. Is that professional? Oh yeah. You probably get a lot of calls. You get a bunch of phone calls every day? 
I do. A lot of times it's it's from my daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Telemarketers. Telemarketers and daughters. That's the main reason why I like these watches. That way I don't have to pull my phone out of my You can just something. be like. Yep. Not listening to you or not talking to you. I had one of those for about a week. Yeah. And I was wearing it, you know, and I'm playing shows. And as I'm singing a song, I could feel that thing buzzing on my. Oh, and it distract you? Distract me. And I was like, okay, I can't. Yep. Can't handle that. What, um, said you hadn't been playing late lately? Yeah, I had, uh, I took a little mandatory vacation. What, what caused that? You know, they think that I got some kind of inflammation on my vocal cords. Uh huh. And you know, for 25 years, you know, if my voice hurt, I just still sing anyways. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. there's been shows where I remember one time we, uh, you know, for instance, we were actually at Disney World and I got a call from my manager and he says, man, I hate to interrupt your vacation. He said, but we have a show. We had an offer for a show on Saturday. And I was like, dude, I'm at Disney World. He goes, uh, it's, this dude owns a, old, he's, an old man, and he said, just shoot him a number, and he'll pay it. And I was like, one million. And he was like, <laughs> okay, but a more re realistic number. And I was like, hey. Like Dr. Evil. Yeah. One million, one million dollars. You know, one million dollars isn't actually that much money. It's not. <laughs> I thought, I think a lot of myself. I thought it was a reasonable <laughs> whatever, though. But they... You can't put a price on these kids. Yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but they paid us a lot, and I showed up. I I lost my voice, and um, you know, I just told the boys, I was like, I can't sing tonight. Uh, so y'all play real loud. Yeah, and uh, I'll probably uh sing some Johnny Cash or whatever I can sing down. You know, right? Um, you know, so, but so I've always just kind of plowed through it. And um, it it hit me right in the middle of a show. We had a sold out show. It's in, and it, it where it started was at Billy Bob's. Sold out Billy Bob's. I was like, I can't sing. Well, yeah. what do you do when you got five thousand people out there? You know, I I made some throat coat tea with some lemon honey and a little whiskey, and like I'll just sip on this and plow through it, and I did, and and then it hit me again the week later. We were in Denver in the middle of a show. Never had that happen to me. Like my whole voice kind of seized up. And if I try to sing, it felt like a knife going through my ear. When was this? That was probably four in April. And uh, I went to the see the, spe the, the specialist. And he said, your whole right side of your, or your left side of your, I don't know, my, your whole left side of your vocal cord just completely inflamed. He said, we think it's just kind of like almost rubbed a raw spot. He said, that takes a long time to heal. It wasn't, he said, it's not career threatening, but it's sitting right there on that nerve. So anytime I try to sing, boy, my ear. Mm. Yeah. That's, you know, but it, you know, you know, to put things in perspective, I'm flying up to Birmingham, Alabama to see the specialist and it's right next to their, the oncology, you know, 
part of the hospital. So you're seeing people fighting for their lives. So for me, I'm like, right. I didn't really spend a lot of time worrying about it. You just took a break. Just took a break. Carve yep. some salt water and see what happens. That's right. That's yeah. right. So, I mean, things are going good now. I, I think I've, you know, I definitely got a better appreciation for just some of the smaller things after the shutdown and COVID and all this stuff. I mean, I've, it's made me, made me a little, I've always been thankful. Yes, sir. But it's made me, you know, a lot well, more. Yeah, losing your, losing your voice, singing and stuff. It's not like rodeoing, like trying to just tough, tough it out with a sprained ankle or a sprained knee for eight or 10 seconds. Right. It's a whole lot different. Yeah. Um, how many shows did you end up having to cancel? Golly, I bet you 30, 40 shows. Good heavens. Yeah. So, I mean, we had a packed summer. Yes, sir. I mean, you know, everything kind of was stacked up from just the previous couple of years. So we were ready to rock and roll. My, my oldest boy, Jake, he's 16, and he plays the guitar, the drums, the piano, shortstop, wide receiver. So you're going to go to all guard. that? Yeah, so I'm getting to do all that stuff and, and getting to you know hang out with him. But he's been practicing to come out on the road with me this summer. Oh, man. And then that happened. So, I mean, he's learned the showdown. and He's learned it perfect. So it's been fun getting him on the road These this last since we've been back out. Dude, he, so you are back out now? Yeah, I'm back out now. Gotcha. Sure enough, we so, yeah, this we're weekend, making the money again. Did you do Midland? How's your birthday bash? Yeah, my birthday bash got completely rained out. Really? It rained on my birthday. Dang. Well, I mean, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We need the rain. (laughs) Hey, I had to go out and tell everyone. I mean, there's all these people, and I'd say, you know, there's another sale coming through, and it's not looking good. I mean, when you have the national weather forecast, literally call the promoter and say, y'all need to calmly get people out of here. Yeah. So I went out there, and... Man, people were pissed. And I was like, hey, can we all agree that we need the rain? Right. Like, God, thank you, Lord, for the rain. <laughs> and then once I started talking about Jesus in the rain, they all they kind of yeah. jumped on board. But, man, we need the rain. So I'll cancel shows for rain. Well, there's situations like that that are just unfortunate for everybody. Yeah. You know, it's not like... Uh it's not like you were passed out or you, you know, just didn't show up or you forgot or you were, you know, it's just like, Hey, I didn't this is unfortunate for me too. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, one of those, you just, I don't feel like getting off the bus. Yeah. Do this. Let's go I, I told him, I said, Hey, y'all, I was out of work for three and a half months. Right. I kind of want, I kind of don't want to give you all your money back tonight, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But you know, but it's fun. And I really have a, I don't know, you know, at the end of the day, when Stuff happens. That's life. You yes, know? sir. If you walk away from it and you're you're like, hey, you know, you have to just put it in perspective. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's what I was uh I do a little online Bible study. That's what we were talking about this morning was just like um a couple times in the Bible it talks about not being surprised whenever you experience trials. Yeah. You know, like at, in James and in uh we were reading out of first Peter. Um, but it's like don't be surprised when these trials come and it says uh, the servant is not greater than the master. They persecuted me. They'll persecute you. And it's, but it's Jesus talking about trials and tribulations. And anyhow, I try not to get into, I try not to say the phrase. It's been one of those days. Yeah. 
And I also try not to list like these are the bad things that have happened today. Yeah. You know, like, you know, sometimes, and, and we all do have days where it seems like there's nine things, significant things that went mm-hmm. wrong, you know, um, but listing those out does no good for anybody. You yeah. know, it just gives, you just start to wallow in, in pity mm-hmm. and it just doesn't help. But cause there's plenty of, you could have, you could have, uh, you know, done that really easily and nobody would have blamed you. Yeah. You know, um, ruined my crystal Gale t-shirt and didn't learn one thing about driving. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, it's a great point that you make because I mean, first of all, I mean, Jesus didn't, he didn't show up because life was fabulous. Exactly. You know, it wasn't like, you know, they don't have any problems. Right. They're all happy. You know, right. there's no hunger, starvation, agony, and death. Right. That, you know, and that's the thing is that we act so surprised when bad things happen. And I kind of just, I mean, the truth is, is like every day on this earth is one less you got to live. And it, who knows when, you know, when that, when it's your time to go. So, yeah, I mean, sir. it's like, that's, that is our fate here. Yes, sir. You're going to die. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and it's like, oh, let's not, oh, let's not talk about that. But yeah, it's gonna happen, you know. And the other thing too is, as as a songwriter, I embrace those like those those moments. You know, I, I don't I don't waste that time. Like, I I go, okay, how am I feeling today? You know, well, things kind of suck. That's okay. Shoot, why don't we write a song about it? Yes, yeah, sir. You know. I mean, that's a beautiful thing about being a songwriter. I mean, I don't, I consider myself a songwriter. I mean, that's the reason why I've always stayed independent and done things my way is because I just want to sing my songs. Right. You know, I, I'd, I'd rather sing my songs and be who I am than sing someone else's songs and, you know, be, yep. you know. Someone else. Crystal Gale, like you just mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I ultimately what I, the point I came to in the Bible study was like the world is full of people saying like that you should be happy and that you should mm-hmm. chase happy happiness. And I want to be happy. And, and that's, what's most important is that all we care about is your happiness. Well, God is much more concerned with our holiness than yeah. our happiness. Yeah. And you know, that book, the book is about him. Yeah. The book is about him. It's not about us. And there's instructions in there for us, but it's it's about, you know, there's 50, 60, 100 verses in there that say for his glory. Yeah. You know, and they don't say for your personal gain while you're on earth, you know. Yeah. And uh, But essentially what I'm saying is as opposed to happiness, one thing I try to chase daily is peace because happiness is an emotion that's circumstantial, whereas peace is something that you can have in the midst of, uh, you know, turmoil, trials, Chaos, or canceling absolutely. your shows, you're, you know, your spouse, your dad, your kid dies, you know, yeah. like, you know, you can find peace. You're not going to be very happy, but you can mm-hmm. find peace. And anyhow, yeah. no, that's a great point. And that's good for me to hear. Cause it's been, you know, I could, there's been a lot of things in my life, uh, lately where I could literally, you know, that's a good point for me to hear personally right now is just go, you know, find peace, you know, just, yeah, sir. just know that my mom always says when something when something bad happens, my mom would just say, such is life, baby. Yeah. 
and it's so true. It's yeah, just so, life. But well, there's just there's times when you can be at peace, but you're not necessarily happy. Absolutely. And uh, you're never going to be happy when horrible things happen to you. Yes, yeah, sir. But it's finding that peace, yeah. and it's also having finding that comfort. Finding comfort knowing that, you know what, this is not, this is not the the end. This right. is we're just here for a little while. You know, there's something greater. Yeah, that's what. And I talked about it this morning. Not to get too deep before we hear. Hey, you I want to hear your your. You your, can get deep more of your story, but like my grandmother, I think about her a lot. She lost all three of her sons. Uh, one of them being our dad, obviously, and then mm-hmm. uh, lost her husband and. Anyhow, it's hard, you know, there's days where it's hard for her to find a lot of happiness. Yeah. You know, and there's days for her where it's, you know, she's got to strive to find peace. Yeah. But that's her main deal. And so, you know, when you, when you go to somebody like that and you try to just throw this happiness word at her, sometimes she might (laughs) raise an eyebrow at it, you know? Well, and what she's been through, it puts things in perspective. Yeah, sure. You know, like Watson, stop being a baby, take some model. (laughs) You know, and it's, it's, but, you know, it's, that's a tough thing she's been through. Yes, sir. Anyhow, so tell me about the Aaron Watson story. Like, how did you get started? You said you consider yourself a songwriter. Did it start with songwriting or did it start with playing a guitar? You know, I mean, for me, I've, growing up, my dad was always playing vinyl records and it was usually Willie and Waylon, you know. And I always appreciated the words. I can remember being, you know, pretty young kid, listening to the words and going, oh, man, that's a great story. You know, I I remember really gravitating towards like, you know, Poncho and Lefty kind of songs, right? And then as I got older, I started thinking, oh, man, oh, they didn't write those? Who wrote that song? Oh, that's Towns Van Zandt. Oh, let me dig into what that guy's doing, you know, and... I just found myself really gravitating towards not so much George Strait, which I love George Strait. Duh. I mean, I have to. Yeah. It's a law here. Yeah, in Texas. <laughs> um, but I started really finding myself looking at who wrote that song. Oh, and you know, I just was really interested in that. And that's kind of what I wanted to do in the beginning was like, I just want to live on my ranch and fish and hunt and kind of fart around all day, write songs, let George go out and sing them and work hard and make the money, send me a little check. You know, that's that was kind of the dream, but, you know, he never never answered my yeah. my emails. Info at georgestraight.com does not get back to you very quickly. But I started writing my own songs, and... You know, I went to Nashville. I had some offers here and there, but it never really involved me doing what I wanted to do. And I just, you know, I stayed independent, and we just kept cracking away at it. And you know, I think it was in 2000 and maybe 2013, maybe, we came out with an album uh, called Real Good Time, and we got a phone call, and they were like, you're not going to believe this but that sucker charted top 10 on country billboard nationwide. And I was like, for real? And, and that album did a lot of good things for us. It was the, uh, the, the song, uh, July and Cheyenne mm-hmm. was on that. And I think that song really opened up 
the door to kind of the national scene. And, you know, we've been playing the buckle ceremony at NFR for, I don't know. Long time. 12, yeah, 13, 14 years. Like. And, you know, we've, We've all, we've had opportunities to go play all other situations during NFR, but I've always, I don't know, I've always liked the buckle ceremony. It's not really about me. It's about just, it's it's fun to be around, you know, all the contestants and friends and um, celebrating everybody else's success. Yeah, the day. I enjoy that. You know, I enjoy that side of it. But once. July and Cheyenne came out. We started playing all over the place, and then our next album after that uh, was called was called The Underdog. And my thought was, if we can accidentally chart an album top ten nationwide as an independent artist, what if we actually put a little more effort into it? Maybe we could get that number one. And I remember people saying, no independent artist has ever had a number one album nationwide on Country Billboard. And that's all I needed to hear, you know, and you just gotta, you gotta be just crazy enough when you hear something like that to go, right. well, maybe I could do that. And yep. we sure enough did. I mean, we, that underdog album became the first independent album in the history of country music to chart number one. And from that, a lot of, a lot of great things happened. Um, and you know, it's kind of led me to where I am today. And, you know, just writing my songs, working hard, focusing on my fan base. You know, it's really, it's kind of neat to see as I walk through, you know, the folks in the front, they asked me if I was here to buy some stuff. And I was like, <laughs> maybe here in a little bit. And I was like, where's the boss? And they were like, well, he's in a meeting. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I was like, well, where's the meeting place at, you know, but, <laughs> but it's, but it's been neat to see, you know, I remember us, I don't who know, was see, Kevin. who it's, are you, mister? What are you, what are you doing here? Who was it? He well, looked a little stressed out on that big fancy t-shirt machine. Big? Uh, or was he kind of little and had curly hair in the back? I think he's a little. Yeah, that was Kevin. That was Kevin. Yeah. He's, he's from, he's from Tennessee. Okay. So if you would have been, um, if I, if, if you'd have been Nashville, if you'd have not been independent, yeah. he probably would have recognized you. If my britches had been a little tighter, yes. maybe he'd have been like, oh, yeah. that, that, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but the thing is, is that like, it's been neat to see y'all's growth over the year and just, yes, um, you know, I think as I, as I get into this, the, the, the more I write, I'm realizing, you know, sharing my heart with the fans, writing songs that matter. That's kind of, that's kind of what works for me. Yeah. Um, and that's why, I mean, and honestly, the, the relationships, relationships I've made, I mean, just to be honest with everyone here, what, you know, we've talked about doing this for a long time, but I had an album come out two months ago. Mm hmm right after I had surgery, I couldn't even talk. Yeah. So I couldn't even promote the album. Right. And so I was talking with my team a couple of weeks ago and we were like, we need to do a re-release. Yeah, sure. And I said, okay. And I said, well, here's some people that I could call. And that's when I reached out to you. And you were like, absolutely. So, I mean, yeah. you know, we're, 
we're kind of letting everyone know I got a new album out. It's called yeah, Unwanted sure. Man. All the proceeds go straight into my wife's purse, you know. <laughs> um, but what's funny is the way you, we got off onto talking about your Bible study, it ties into this song that that we released, and it's called The Old Man Sad. And so there was this old man by the name of Pete Pugh. Mr. Pete lived across the street from me when I was going to college. And he came over one day and introduced himself. And he, my, both my granddads had passed away and left to just a, that void. And Mr. Pete walked right in and he filled that void. And next thing you know, he's inviting me over on Friday nights and cooking me, you know, chicken fried steaks. And afterwards, we're watching John Wayne movies. And I just fell in love with Mr. Pete and um, his wife, Miss Dorothy. Mm -hmm. And they they took care of my dog, Haggard, when we'd go out and play shows out on the road. And um, we became closer and closer friends. You know, I got married, bought my first house. I remember I was remodeling that house. And he'd drive over and bring some of his tools, things that I didn't have. And um, and he was real excited when he found out that Kim and I were having our first baby. He was real excited when he found out it was a boy. And... Um, not long after that, he, he had a stroke, and um, he was funny about it. I went and saw him at the hospital, and I said, what happened? He said, well, first of all, he said, uh, first mistake I made was I quit smoking after 75 years. I started smoking when I was 13. He said, I quit smoking. He said, I think my body freaked out. And I said, well, what happened? He said, well, you know our little bathroom there next to the kitchen? And I said, yeah. He said, well, I was... You know, standing there doing my business, and next thing you know, I something happened and found my stuck myself stuck between a the wall and the toilet. He said, and I stayed there for a while. He said, "Brother, that ain't the way you want to go." <laughs> and I remember us talking about it, and just he had the best attitude about things. And I got a call. I got a. It's hard for me to talk about, but I got a call from Mister Pete. It was a Sunday after church, and. He talked real loud because of his hearing. Like, Aaron, you know? <laughs> and I was like, yes, sir. He said, I want you to come over to the house. There's some things I need to talk to you about. And I said, yes, sir, I'll be there. And I drove over there, and where his recliner used to be, there was a the bed, hospice had come in, and we reclined it up. I kind of swung him around, helped him sit up. I sat next to him, and he said, how about you and me have one more cup of joe? And I remember feeling that, like, lump in my throat to hear him say one more. I knew I was there. And uh, he sat me down, and there was just a lot of things he needed to share with me. I mean, he knew he didn't have long, and he told me all the things that he knew about being a dad and a husband and, a, you know, we talked about, you know, everything, Jesus, faith, family. And uh, I remember the whole time just going, you know, don't cry. Don't just hold yeah. it in, hold it in. And, and um, he said, well, I'm getting tired. I'm going to take a little nap. And I said, all right, Mr. Pete. And I hugged him and I said, well, I'll, I'll check on you a little later. And I, I remember, I remember walking out of that 
I remember walking out of that front door, shutting it. I just lost it. I don't even know I could see all the way home. And uh, I went home and I wrote down these words. I put the old man said, and I'd put dot, dot, dot. And I'd write something that he told me. And then I'd write the next line. The old man said, dot, dot, dot. And I'd write down something else that he said. And um, Mr. Pete, he uh, passed away a, a few days later. And then a few hours after that, my son, Jake, was born. And man, it was a beautiful thing. Just bittersweet, the whole thing for me um losing him but then the son and um so it's been i'm proud that th that song finally came to life and it's like the old man said son i don't have long to live he slowly raised his cup and he took a sip the old man said son i fought a dang good fight so i pulled up a chair and sat there half, half the night and the old man said, don't take a single day for granted. Live like there's no tomorrow. Tend to the seeds you've planted. Be a good friend and a brother. Love your children and your mother. And die by those living words in red, the old man said. And that's just really, that's just cowboy poetry. Mm -hmm. And it's fun to put it into a song. And um, oh, his daughter... She texted me the other morning when she heard it, and she's like, I'm crying. But, you know, it's like we were talking about. Life is hard. Life is hard. and and um, But you take those moments, and you do the best you can. It's like my song, July and Cheyenne, yep. you know, Clyde and Elsie, the way they've used their grief to glorify God. Um, and I know I'm... Pulling out all the sad stories on y'all right now, but that song came from a, a, a tough place in my life. You know, we lost our little girl, Julia, shortly after she was born. And I just struggled with it. It was hard, you know, and I wasn't mad at God. I just was upset about it. Right. You know, and was struggling with it. And, you know, just coming, coming across Miss Elsie's testimony where she talks about, you know, you know, Lane was a world champion bull rider, but that wasn't his greatest achievement. His greatest achievement came a year before he died when he asked Jesus to be his Lord and Savior. And I was like, that's what it's about. Yeah. And I wrote that song as July and Cheyenne. I wrote that song for them. I never planned on singing it to anybody. And then I got asked to play the, uh, I haven't thought about this in years, I got asked to play the, the Cowboy Church at the San Antonio Rodeo, and uh, Trevor Brazil was giving the little sermon, and I was in charge of the music. And right there, I decided to just sing that song. And I remember thinking, well, what if I mess it up? And I thought, heck, no one will know. No one's <laughs> ever heard it before. And I sang it, and the old boy that owned the bull uh, that Lane was riding, when he died, just happened to be there. He was bawling. Yeah. And it was just one of those things that I was like, you know what? It's just use your own personal experiences, your hardships, your heartaches. Use that to inspire people, to give them hope. I mean, just honestly, just what you said earlier today about 
you know, I, I literally was thinking about some things driving down here being like, I'm just not happy with that. Yep. I needed to hear you say, oh, it's not about happiness. It's about peace. Yes, sir. Just come to peace, you know, just find peace with, within the situation as good as possible. So, so thank you for that. You're welcome. Yeah. Preacher Brisby, that's a fine sermon that you gave this well, morning. I don't know. I, that's why I do the, my Bible study. I make an unlisted YouTube video. Yeah. And uh, you got to like text me the word Bible to receive it. You can't like search it online. I, uh -huh. That was how it came about. But essentially, I just felt like, man, I'm not a preacher. I've not been to seminary. You know, I, I'm just a guy trying to learn the Bible and walk in line with God's word. And, but I don't think those apostles have been to, I don't think they'd been to seminary yeah, school true. either. That's true. But, Whenever I do a Q&A, like on Instagram, you mm -hmm. know, when we're driving down the road, I'll do a QA and a and I'll get 100 questions and 10 of them, sometimes 11, 12 of them will be, what's your favorite Bible verse? What are you studying? What should I study, et cetera? And so the unlisted deal is for those 10 yeah. or 12 out of 100 that are following my shenanigans. And so anyhow, um, but it's helped also just kept, keep me accountable for, you know, continuing my pursuit. But yeah. Essentially, like I think we've just got to be completely dependent on. I was listening to a Matt Chandler sermon, and he was talking about like, you're not the hero of your story. Yeah, you know, and 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 so many times, like, if you listen to the world, who tries to remove Jesus out of everything, they're gonna, you know, you're gonna hear a lot of messages about how you need to be the hero of your story and yeah. you deserve this or that. Well. For instance, the story of David and Goliath, you know, like we're not David in that story. Mm. And everybody likes to act like we're David, but Jesus is David. Mm -hmm. And we're the Israelites crying because yeah. we're so scared. Yeah. You know, and we've got to we've got to depend and live through and be completely dependent on Jesus to reach that peace we're mm -hmm. talking about. Absolutely. Anyhow, we gotta completely surrender. And so I think whenever we do that, that's whenever that peace will happen. But um so Tell me a little bit more about the album, man. Like what, are, what are your what's your favorite favorite song on it? You know, I think probably the old man said. Just I'm biased because it's about Mr. Pete, you know. Um, but the song "Unwanted Man," that thing turned out pretty cool. Yeah, it did. And from the solo to just the. I don't know. It just felt it felt pretty old school, but at the same time, it was like it just had a little magic to it. It's fun to play live, you know. Yeah, like an old worn out corduroy coat down at the Lost and Found. I mean, well, you could start a song off with that lyric. I was like, okay, I like that. I like that one. Um, and you know, that song where the idea from that song came from is that. After that underdog album went number one, we came out with an album called Vaquero, yep. and it did great for us. I mean, it 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 outsold the underdog album. Um, we had a, there's been three songs chart top 10 in 50 years independently by an independent artist in country music, and our song Out of Style was one of them, which is probably one of my least favorite songs I've ever written. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I think I wrote it in, like, no time. <clears throat> I needed an upbeat song to finish the album. 
I remember yeah. thinking, well, that's a bunch of bull. You never know. Yeah, you never goes. know. You never know. But that sucker goes top 10. We had Run Wild Horses, which is another one that I, I like old sounding songs, you know? Right. Now, I get, I don't want to be that guy. I like, I'm, I have a real problem maybe with any types of authority. You know, it's you've got the mainstream telling me I need to sound like this, but then you've also got these, this other thing where these people that are very anti-mainstream and they're playing stuff that sounds old school and, you know, they got the beards and the tats and they're outlaws. <laughs> well, I'm kind of like, well, you're not really going to dictate what I'm doing either. Like, I kind of, I'm not here to please either side. Like, I'm yeah, here to sure. write my songs and if you, you know... If you don't like it and you don't like it, well, I'll find those people in the middle, you know. But after we had that success at radio, we put out another single. It was doing good. Um, and then I started getting phone calls from program directors that I'm friends with around the nation saying, dude, I don't know how else to tell you this, but we're getting calls from corporate and they're telling us that we can't play you anymore because you're not signed to a label. He Dang. said, it's just, it's politics. And I get it. You know, it's like if Carrie Underwood's coming to town and she's bringing these two openers, well, that those labels are going to call that radio station and say, if you want to be the, the station that we put all our money into to promote this Carrie Underwood show, you better be playing artists B and C as well. And it's just there's not enough room for everybody. Yes, and sir. so I kind of understand the system. And and I appreciate their calls because I was like, so there's little there's literally nothing I can do to he's like to punch through here. And they're like, uh-uh. They're like, you kind of slipped in the back door with these other two singles and did what we consider the impossible, but you need to take your money and run. And I was pretty bummed about that, you know, because we it, it only took me 17 years to get my first top 10, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sitting here going, well, either sign a record deal or just keep doing what I've been doing. Yeah. And I was kind of bummed about it. And then we had a show. I think we were somewhere in North Dakota, and it was a packed house. And I was like, it's all right. These people don't care whether I got pulled from mainstream radio or not. They don't care. And, I, you know, I don't feel now I don't feel like an unwanted man. And mm -hmm. so really that song's kind of a little love song to the fans, you know. Right. So, but I enjoyed writing. I mean, I wrote that whole song. I wrote that whole album during the pandemic, sang all the vocals in my wife's closet, literally purses and women's footwear and yeah. dresses and things all around me and um then when we were supposed to shoot the cover um the lady that does photography for me which getting my photo taken is my absolute least favorite thing to do in the whole wide world every photographer that has ever taken a picture of me they're like i need you to give me a real smile and i'm like well i need you to say something funny that makes me smile, a real smile, yeah. you know? But the photographer came down with COVID, and then we rescheduled, and then my band and me and everybody else, we were all infected. K 
canceled some shows. My most of my family was out of town. Just me and my son Jake were at home, and he didn't have anything to do that summer or that those two weeks. So we just we binged watched all kinds of movies and hung out and had fun, right? But I couldn't do the photo shoot that week, and we had to have artwork submitted. You know all about deadlines and yeah, having sure. things submitted. Um, we had to have the artwork submitted like in three days. It was like two o'clock in the morning, and we just got through watching a movie, and I was like, dude, come on. And we threw a black sheet over the refrigerator in the garage, and I set up one of those. I've got, I've got a pretty fancy setup. You know those lots that you put your phone in the middle of? Yeah. Got one of those retractable legs. Yeah. About... Like not, 68 bucks on Amazon. Yeah, maybe not. I didn't even spend that much. I went with the other brand, the cheaper <laughs> one. One of the legs is broke now, but duct tape, it's yeah. good. I just told him, I was like, dude, I'm going to sit in that little chair, and you just usually start pushing that picture button on my iPhone. And I literally think I used the first picture because I was, I was fixing my collar and he took a picture, and it was kind of blurry. It looked like an old-school photo. And all the other ones, I looked like an idiot. So I said, we're going to use that when we sent it. It's just been a the – whole, the whole process has been a train wreck, but it's been fun. Yes, sir. You know, I yeah. mean, at the end of the day, we got an album. We're putting it out. So it's been fun. Yeah. You got to be innovative. Yeah. You got to keep reinventing yourself. Yeah. You got to and, – and that's what – you know, over the, we did our, we made our first video eight years ago. Yeah. We've got to, I mean, there's always people that say like, you know, when, when you get to a certain point, they're going to say, Oh, I always knew he would. And then at some point they're going to say, I miss the old stuff. And then, you yeah. Know, so there's always going to be people that say things no matter what. Yeah. But essentially like if you're there, there's what I've tried to do is, you know, if I get, a hundred comments, you know, two or three of them going to be negative four, maybe five, six, but that means 93 or four of them are probably good. Yeah. And so I just try to like pay attention to those, but essentially I've got to continue to just for them to be interested. I got to be interesting. Yeah. Well, I will say this too. What I like about, I mean, y'all make great content. Y'all got, y'all got some characters, right? But I also like the way, you address some of those negative comments. Yeah. Because you do it, you do it well. Yes, yeah, sir. Like, and if you can do, that's that's the best thing is if when people are nasty with you, if you can come back at them and defend yourself, but also make people laugh. Yes, yeah, sir. That's brilliance. And that's, you, you do that, you do that well. It's good stuff. I, I was, I've, those are some of my those are some of my best things is when I watch you. Yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> Dale's DMs. Yeah, Dale's DMs are just great. Yeah. No, I uh I don't know. And then I like to take a page out of Eminem's book in the movie Eight Mile at the very end, whenever they're bashing each other and then he bashes himself and yeah. ultimately the guy's lost. He doesn't know what to say, you know. He's like, You're right, I am white trash straight out of a trailer house, you know. And yeah. Anyway, the guy just puts the mic down because he doesn't know. I mean, like, it's where, like, where do you go, go from, from there? there? Exactly. Uh, and so, my banjo player, Sterling, you can't defeat him. Yeah. Because anything you say, he agrees with it. And then he'll put a funnier spin on it. Yep. 
and then you're just like, okay, you win. Yeah. And it's hard to argue. We got a guy in the office kind of like that. But um, you were talking about people you meet along the way the other day. Haven't you played a lot in Nazareth? Oh, yeah, I Suds, have. Suds and Sound? I've, I've, I haven't played that in years, but, boy, I've. I think that might have been the first live show I saw you at like a, a little while back. Yeah. With, uh, Garrett Kleeman. Yeah. Yeah, they were. He was uh, one of my college roommates. Okay. Yeah. That's a good family. Really I, good I know family. exactly where their house is. Yep. I know the exit. Yes, yeah, sir. Used to be the uh, truck stop there with a. The, the was chicken it, was place. It, was it, it was a Grandy's back in yep. the day. We'd stop and get gizzards. Yeah. <laughs> and then you you drive on down that road to Nazareth. They got that nice brick house on the right. They're a good family. I haven't seen them in forever. Yes, sir. Right. You turn on uh, I-27 in Tulia. That's right. Yep. It, man, that's I haven't heard that name in a while. You have to tell them I said hi. Yeah, we, we well, I, I emceed it this year. Did you really? They, yeah, they, uh, who, who did they have? there reckless Kelly. kelly reckless yeah but they talked about having you back they talked about you know yeah i need to get him. back there that's you know i grew up not far from there yes, so sir. I, you know outside amarillo between amarillo and canyon and that's just boy those girls can play some basketball in nazareth dad gum all of them can do anything it's <sighs> yeah they whooped our tails in football oh man that's a that's a neat little community yeah you don't want to mess with yeah. Them Nazareth folks. Just a bunch of redneck farm kids that show up every time. <laughs> and can the, just play yeah. the lots out of whatever, yeah, right? Exactly. It's yes. like I can always remember like, you know, you know, the Friday night wrap up, you know, news growing up and it goes through and gives the scores and it's like Nazareth. Yep. One twenty. <laughs> the other team. 12 right yeah it's something like that yeah it's always like oh man it's yeah every other week they had the play of the week yeah exactly that's exactly that they're good people did you don't you have a song about esteline yeah yeah so we we grew up in memphis okay yeah so we always knew to slow down in esteline got there's my, a few songs in Est, about esteline i got my first ticket in esteline yep i think we were driving to like I don't know. Where was I going? Where would I be going? Where would I be been going? going to Colorado. If Amarillo, I was going from Amar, if I was leaving Amarillo, going Fort Worth, could it have been Wichita Falls. Yep. Yeah, you go through Wichita Falls on twenty seven. I, I, I think I was doing, going to Wichita Falls for a football game, and I had a nineteen seventy eight Z twenty eight. There you go. And I'm pretty sure I was listening to some Led Zeppelin. You know, I just. Got my first ticket in Esteline, which at the time was like just well known for giving the most most tickets yep. per capita ever, you know. Oh, yeah. But I've caught I, I literally, literally maybe yesterday, someone made a comment from Esteline, and they tagged me on some. There's a new cafe that just opened up in Esteline, mm. and they were like they 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 tagged me, and they were like hashtag there's no dairy queen in esteline and i was like well that cafe's name doesn't rhyme yeah. <laughs> with esteline and only you and about 
200 people know that there's no yeah. Dairy Queen in Esteline. And honestly, there should be. Yeah. There should be a little Dairy Queen. Yeah, we'll start a petition. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's a. So y'all. You, you got a song about Esteline. It's called Esteline. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Something uh, to think about. Uh, I can't remember. I looked it up. I can't remember what it means. It's a. It's a women's name. It's a native woman's name. Well, it, t it took till after I graduated to figure out why they named Memphis, Memphis, but there's Memphis, Egypt, which is on the Nile. Yeah. There's Memphis, Tennessee, which is on the Mississippi. Mississippi. And then Memphis, Texas is on the Red River. Yeah. So. That's cool. I didn't ever realize that. Yeah. I, would, I wished I would have known too. Coup de Gras had a great song. Memphis. Mm -hmm. Golly. Did y'all love that growing up? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was on their very first album, I think. Isn't that the one that the, the CD was Star Blue? Yeah. I don't oh, yeah. remember. I just remember hearing it all the time. Everybody, I mean, everybody always played it. It was a waltz, I think. And then there was a mm. there was a rap song, "Welcome to Memphis," but they weren't talking about Memphis, Texas. <laughs> you don't but, know that. Hey, but to y'all, they were absolutely. Yeah, yeah it was the Cooter Girl and talking about Ziegler Park and all that. Yeah, we'd played in the locker room right before Nazareth wiped the floor with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was till. Uh, you graduated, and then I took over. So. Oh, yeah, that's Things right. changed, right? Things oh, changed. no, they still wiped the floor with us, just not as bad. Right. But. <laughs> Did uh, So what's your next uh, big show coming up that you're excited about? Oh, gosh. I don't even know. I've got a bunch of them. I know that I I fly out tomorrow, and I'm going for the, about the next three weeks. Um, We're just all over the place. Yes, sir. I know we're playing. God, I'm playing my first show in Nashville in forever at the Brooklyn Bowl on Friday. You know, I don't know where I'm playing. Yeah. I kind of just get on the bus. And wherever we pull up, I'm like, yep. All right. That's where we're at. I'll play. I'll play anywhere. You know, during the I had fun during the during the shutdown. My number one goal was this. At the end of this year, I want all the boys in the band to look at their bank accounts and go, we didn't take a hit. Right. We did not take a hit. And we were able to manage through those four months where everything was just shut down. But one day I was like, I'm done. And I remember I got on like Facebook, Instagram, and was just like, hey, y'all, Aaron Watson here. And uh, this, this hasn't happened since 2001. But birthday parties, bar mitzvahs, barbecues, weddings, anything and everything. You need some entertainment? Message me. Yeah. Dude, we played some awesome, fun things. And, you know, sometimes it sucked. But the whole thing is like, does it really suck? Are you, are you, you know, oh, everyone's not singing along with you and they don't act like they care about your music. You know, you hear about these, these artists that if someone's talking while they're singing, they throw a fit. Yeah. I'm like, uh, how about this? Well, why don't you just suck it up, Buttercup, and sing yeah. your songs for 75 minutes and get paid? Hmm. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, yeah. it's like, is it really like, is it really that bad? I mean, I had a guy, we played in Marble Falls. And this guy was wearing me out the whole show. 
And at first I was going, golly, but then I was like, stop crying, Watson. What was he doing? He was just such a super fan. Oh, yeah. That he wouldn't stop holding his phone to me. And then he would like throw stuff at me to sign and just wearing me out. He'd had too much fun. Yeah. But, you know, and then when I'd be talking, he'd be yelling stuff at me, you know? Right. And he was one of those guys that, Right when you would open your mouth to say something, he'd scream something, so it'd completely derail your. So he 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 was more than a super fan. Super fan sounds good. This is like past the beyond. Past super beyond psycho. Good. Super psycho fan. Super psycho fan. Super psycho That's what fan. You're talking about. I'm a part of the show now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he totally was a part of the show. But that's the whole deal now. I mean, with the, my band, the guys are so great. Like if. You know, I always would be like, how's it looking out there? And most of the time they're like, oh man, it's packed. Great show. You get It's going to be a great show. But every once in a while I'll be like, how's it look out there? And they'll go, eh. <laughs> and I'll be like, you know what? Let's just go out there and have fun. We have fun when they show up and we plug everything up in my barn and rehearse. Let's just have fun. I mean. Yes, sir. So you just got to, I mean, I'm strumming a guitar for a living. Yep. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah, you know, if somebody's going to be listening to this this podcast out there stirring up the, the Twitter I, space. They're, they're, yeah. Yeah, or someone's going to be out there on the side of the highway with the hot mop and the tar hearing me talk about, you know, it's just... Yeah, life on the road is hard. Life on the road is hard. Like, this guy was... <laughs> This guy was yelling at me. He yelled things at me. He tried to make me look at his phone screen. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I've got a, uh, I've got certain jobs in my head that when I am having a day that's tough because, you know, there are days no matter what you're doing that are hard. Like, yeah, you know, problems are problems on certain days. Yeah, you know, and and uh, um, so there's 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 old jobs that I go back to in my mind to remind yeah. myself how much better I have it now. That uh, just kind of remind me, like, hey, it could be a lot worse. The old so. field in Dumas, Texas. That'd that's be one a of real them. good one for me. That'd be one of them. Crow Hollow in Headley, Texas. Oh, yeah. feedlot. Yeah, there's a lot of things. Stericycle. That one was probably that one will take the cake. Hospital, hospital yeah. work. Yeah, he would go empty out the uh, the bins the of the used needles, and, like used needles, and oh. then, like, after surgeries, have to go get the <laughs> whatever they took out. Walk in a room with someone dying in it. Oh, or already died. Family's yeah. in there and you have no idea. Nobody tells you. You walk in like, hey. Uh, okay. The asbestos. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay. You were like, yesterday. Seriously. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh. Well, for me, you know, so my dad, my dad's a disabled veteran. He's 100% disabled from uh, Vietnam. And, you know, he had a cleaning, like, cleaning company, right? And uh, our church really blessed our family by letting dad be in charge of cleaning this big church, right? And so my life, I was always going up there with dad, helping him clean the church. And I hated toilet day. We'd clean all those toilets. And I'll never forget, we walked into the woman's bathroom. And I don't know what happened in there. <laughs> But it was bad. It wasn't Christian. It wasn't Christian. <laughs> so it was demonic. This church has yeah. got to stop doing potluck. Yeah, the wall. I'm not going to get graphic, but the wall. 
and that so that was my bathroom. That was my my dad gave me the little bathroom, the little two stall bathroom, and then he had the one in the outside the fellowship hall that was like eight. Uh huh. So, so he thought he was doing you a favor. Yeah. And and this had already been going on for years now. Where that's my bathroom, you know. Oh, gotcha. I had the little dude. He had the big one. I walked in there, and whatever had happened happened. I think Sunday night, sun, evening services. It was crusty. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember my dad. I remember saying, "Dad, I, I can't do this, Dad." My dad was like, "This is your bathroom. This is your problem." And I remember going, well, Dad, how how am I supposed to get that off the wall? He's like, well, you're going to have to scrub, I guess. And I remember taking one of those whatever dirty cloth we had, probably with all kinds of like window cleaning chemicals on it, and I just, I remember kind of wrapping it around like a bandana and just, oh. So that's one I always go back to that bathroom. There you go. That'd be a good one. Nine years old, that bathroom. Yep. When things are bad, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. It ain't that bad. <laughs> yeah, it's not bathroom wall, the Presbyterian church. <laughs> it ain't that bad. Nothing's that bad. Yeah. Nothing can be as bad as... Potlucks have never been the same for me. And little old ladies go in there. I, yeah. yeah. No, it was you, Dorothy. <laughs> I mean, I literally... It's funny you say that, but for years... We checked the cameras. <laughs> yeah. It's funny you say that because for years after that, I'd be walking down the hallway, and if I saw some sweet little grandma go in there, I'd be like, oh, yeah. I wonder if you were the one. Oh, yeah. Were you the one? Were you the one? <laughs> Was it you? <laughs> Was it you? Like, how can you walk out of that bathroom knowing what you did? Knowing what you did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Man. Mine's a feedlot. Feedlot? Yeah. Where at? What feedlot? Crow Hollow. Crow Hollow. Headley. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then in college, I worked at a, it wasn't a feedlot, but we processed a lot of yearlings just all day next to this chute, all day, just hundreds and thousands, and it just got old. Boss was a jerk. Uh, not in Headley, the boss wasn't a jerk. He was just a drunk. The one <laughs> the one in college, he was a jerk. He was rough. Yeah, and he would, he would always go out to, they would always leave, go out to the NFR, and uh, anyhow, I always... He was a big motivator for me, rodeoing too. Just because you like, didn't want to go back. <laughs> yeah, like, sir, I'd like want. to thank you. Yep. For m being such a jerk that you motivated Guys, me. There's just there's no call for anyway. I but you know what's funny? But that like that ties into life. Mm -hmm. Like that's the whole thing. Like. People can say, believe in yourself. Come on, you got this. You got this. But there's no greater motivator than that kind of situation right there. That's what makes you fight to get out of the ghetto. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Crow Hollow was, that was, we were kids though. We had no business being there in the first place. Yeah. We were on the, that part was tough because it was the, the graveyard shift. We'd mm -hmm. process cattle in the middle of the night. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just a kid trying to stay awake at one, two, three, four, five in the morning, That's you know, rough. giving shots and everything. That was just, so I think if that had been in the middle of the day, it probably wouldn't have put such a bad taste in my mouth about feedlots, yeah. you know, but anyhow, cow calf, that's, pro that's, that's, 
absolutely the most fun part of ranching is working with horses and cow calf anything else is just second to that yeah but anyhow so what what uh what moved you to abilene well i uh i went to school there mm-hmm. at uh abilene christian and um i just liked the area you know i like the people it was a lot it's a lot like where i grew up but I just felt like it was a little more centrally located in the beginning when we were touring all over Texas. You know, the thought of moving back home to Amarillo and every cotton picking time we got done with a run. Having to go all the way, all the way back to Amarillo. To adding that extra four and a half hours, that's a big deal. Yes, sir. I mean, I just felt like, oh, we're playing Fort Worth tonight. Two and a half hours, we're back home, you know. I mean, even going to Amarillo, four and a half hours up there, you know. Next night, hit Lubbock. Next night, we're two and a half hours back to Abilene. I just felt like it was century located. Um, And, you know, I didn't want to go to Austin because, you know, me and Austin, that's like mixing oil and water. 100%. So, and the price of living up there is so high. And I found out early, like, oh, man, I can get a lot more bang for my buck. You can buy more land. You can have a nicer house. You know, and so it was just a, it was a better, it was a, just a better environment for me. And, um, you know, we live, we live actually in between Buffalo Gap and Tuscola and it's a good little school district. My boys all, you know, play every sport there is. And my daughter, she just made the volleyball team and she's running cross country, but she hasn't had one cross country practice yet. So we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I mean, girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. So it's a it's a good it's a good place to uh you know, good people. You know, yeah. kinda like rolling into here. I just yeah, love sure. small towns. Yeah. No, and there's I mean it's got you know, you got pluses and minuses, you know, but Abilene's cool because you got the small town feel, but there's it's also obviously a big enough town where you you know, you got, got some stuff. Walmart super center and Yeah, we got, got the super center. Yeah. You know. <laughs> a few restaurants. So Yeah, I think you know it's what's the fancy what's one of the fancy grocery stores the you got uh, joe allen's yeah we got joe allen's you know the thing is we lived right down the the street from perini ranch steakhouse and um you know i'm good friends with the perini family and but you know most kids you know they want to they want like what mcdonald's and they want some of the chicken nuggets off the dollar menu well when you live next to perini ranch my kids are like daddy can we go to perini ranch and get some quail legs <laughs> i'm like boy that's a 18 dollar appetizer <laughs> yeah i'm like no we'll go get <laughs> processed chicken meat for yeah. a buck yeah but you know we've had a it's been fun being out there and you know it's like you said i mean it's you know i i I drive 20 30 minutes to get to the little airport and fly out there and good people though good little church and you plan any rodeos coming up man i've got several on the books that's where i should probably have my phone out so i could tell you where i'm playing but we're man i love rodeos are my favorite Yes, sir. So all your rodeo folks, 
just call me up. Yeah. Me and rodeos, the environment, the culture, the people. There's nothing better than playing rodeos. People always ask me, what's your favorite venue to play? And I'll say, any rodeo. Yes, yeah, sir. Honestly, the small town rodeos are my favorite. I mean, I've played the Houston rodeo. That was frightening. Yeah, imagine. You know? I mean, I've played Shine, Frontier Days, Open for Kiss. Dang, that's cool. That was that was one of the coolest nights of my life. They call. I remember they called me up and they said, "You're not going to." Booking agent called me up and they said, "You're not going to believe this." But Kiss's management requested oh, that wow. you open up for them. They said Gene Simmons will handpick who opens for him in different areas. Wow! And I was like, absolutely. What year was this? Two thousand seventeen or eighteen. Okay. I'll so never, July and Cheyenne had come yeah, out. Yeah, July and Cheyenne had come out. And I don't know if that, you know, I, I on the cover of The Underdog, I painted my face up like Smets, like right. Rob Smets. And I remember I was, remember Rob had that commercial out? Was it? Yeah, was the, it, uh, the Jaeger. Jaeger yep. commercial where like the hall of. Yeah, men. Men. Like, uh, rules of being a man. Yeah. Kind of deal. And I remember I was trying to think about what cover I wanted to do for the underdog, right? And I didn't want to do something cliche like me sitting on a tailgate and a dog under me, you know? <laughs> that was one of my ideas, and I was like, too cliche. And then when Rob came out, I was like, that'd be cool. So I texted him because he lived outside of Abilene at the time. And uh, and he, I said, could I use your whole your design, your face paint design. And he was I'm like, sure absolutely. Was yeah. yeah. And um, so I don't know if Gene Simmons saw the face paint and was like, this kid's going to fit in good with us. So, but I got to hang out with Kiss, right? And uh, Gene, he put his arm around me and he's huge. Really? I think he's already like, you know, maybe six three ish but then he wears these platform boots they're like so he's a monster of a man and he's got on all that crazy you know the like shoulder pads and big man and he put his arm around me and his hand kind of softly brushed the inside of my neck and onto my face and i was remember his hand being here and i was thinking what's he doing to me <laughs> What's happening in front of all these people? I didn't know if he was going to fish hook me, but he said, you are a powerful young man. <laughs> and I said, thank you. Thank you, Gene Simmons. Thank you, Gene Simmons. <laughs> that's what he said to me, and that's all he said to me. He called me a powerful young man. Thank you, Gene Simmons. <laughs> yeah. I need to be like, put that on a shirt. Yeah. I'm a Aaron, you are a powerful young man, Dash. Gene, Gene Simmons. Gene Simmons. Gene. Daddy Gene. <laughs> Big Daddy Gene. Big Daddy Gene. But, dude, that was so much fun. That that night, and I'll play for anybody. Yeah. I, 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 have, I have zero pride. I will open for anybody. I'll close for anybody. I mean, and it's just fun. It's just making music. I'm in, musically, I think I'm in the best place that I've ever been. Like, I, I truly understand just, 
how much of a blessing it is and how fun it is to like work this week. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, and there's other things. There's parts of the business that I don't care for. I mean, but it, I don't know. I say that, but then again, I'm like, this is part of my job right here. I'm having a blast hanging out with you guys. Yeah, I mean, sure. it's really, I was thinking that exact same thing this morning, you know, like as far as my day. Yeah. Like as a Monday. And of course, it, it's, it's been, you know, such a blessing today with the rain. But then God, I'm like, man, that that's rain. cool. I get to have a podcast today with Aaron Watson. Oh, man, so, dude, that's fun. It, it's, well, it's like after every show, sometimes I'm tired. You watch a Dale Brisby video. I watch a Dale Brisby video. <laughs> I get motivated. Well, that's usually in my bunk afterwards. Yeah, yeah. You okay, know. gotcha. That's, gotcha. You know, before that. Before that. Before that. Before that, after the show, I tell all the fans, but you didn't know this, but that ticket you bought tonight came with a free hug. <laughs> and I go down there at the merch, and we sling that merch. I sign stuff. I hear stories. I give hugs. And sometimes that's exhausting. Like when I'm on the bus after the show, I'm going, God. 100%. I just, I just, yeah, you know that feeling. Well, I, I know, like, because that's, I've watched that's you usually hustle. my only gig. Yeah. I don't have to play a two-hour show before that. Yeah, but you know I've also... I mean? I've also walked into that Cowboy Christmas Convention Center. Dude, I've walked I've walked by you and it's like 10 a.m. <laughs> and I go in and do several other shows. I walk out hours later and you're still there. Yeah. You know, this last year I I cut through some kids and shook some hand shook your hand and got out of there, but but it means the world to people, means the world to the kids. I mean. Yeah, what, what you know, sometimes I get super nervous that, like, we'll be in Vegas, or I'm sure you've experienced too, like, like you do your best you can to interact with everybody, but, like, you got to be over there 10 minutes ago. Yeah. You know, their whole, and you, you got to go, and somebody might yell your name or something, and anyhow, I hate those moments where you know you might have left a wake of someone thinking, like, yeah. And he's kind of an you know, yeah. or something, but like really like, no, like there's a situation you don't understand yeah. or whatever, or, or, you know, if they do catch you at the end of a, a long day and because watching my videos, everybody expects me to just be full of energy. Yeah. Well, there's not been a year in Vegas that I haven't been sick at some oh. point, you know? And so they come up and they don't get the full experience and I feel bad and, and, uh, and they feel mad, you know? And yeah. so there's times like that where it's just unfortunate that, you know, I try to do my best, but but I do love it. I love. I'll sit there for all day. Oh, very dude, few, very, 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 very few times I've ever walked away from a line of people. Yeah, like maybe one or two. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm like, well, you know what it is. I think back to like being a little kid. Like if I was waiting in yeah, line sir. to get a baseball autograph, and if he got almost to me, right, and then walked off. That destroys a little kid. Oh yeah. So I always try to go. Ah, I just you know can't. who else is good about it is JB. Yeah. Have you ever met him? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, uh, he'll Gosh, sit there I for two get hours his, at the end of a rodeo. I need to get it. I I, I think I promised his little guy. Uh, uh, what's his little guy's little boy's Jagger? Name? Jagger. I'm supposed to get Jagger a microphone. Dang oh it. yeah. I got. I'll get you the microphone. There you go. And you give it to Jagger. Yeah, he's a legend. He takes care of his his folks but you know what the whole rodeo world yes yeah, sir just really 
you know, I always tell people, you know, it's like I love baseball. I grew up playing baseball. My boys love baseball. But there's no professional athletes that do it better. Yes, sir. Than, than the men and women you on the rodeo scene. No one treats their fans better. It's a, it's just it's it's fun to watch. I mean, I I'm the same way though. Man, Vegas kicks me around. Those the you know the buckle ceremonies aren't till like eleven o'clock at night. I'm like, folks, by the time I hit stage, it's two a.m. back home in Texas. So I I literally yep, my, you know. Okay, questions for our man. I've been taking it in. Yeah, Just listening. Me and you need to write yeah. a tune. Let's do that. I'm down. Say we in. All right. Leroy loves it. He loves writing music. He's got a he's got a lot of stuff he's been working on. Yeah, I took a about a month off. I haven't touched a guitar, piece of paper. Haven't even listened. Yeah. To, just haven't listened to anything for about a month, month and a half. Just getting your mind clear. Just, yeah, just trying to do me. Just figuring me out right now. Yeah. And then uh I don't know. It feels like every time I do that, when I come back, it's just I have a whole new respect for it. I guess. Yeah. And like, feels better. Yeah, I do. I kind of do the same thing. Like after I have been writing a lot, and then I record the songs, I'm almost kind of brain dead for a while. Like I can't even think anything right. And then I just kind of take time off, and then one morning I wake up and I start having some ideas again. You know, and I think that's a good. You got to give your got brain to. that weekend. Got to some time off with dude in about about four months it'll be finished i've built this pretty swanky little it's not big ranch house but i want it to be it's there's this one little area on the ranch that we just can't do anything with it's like 10 acres and it's it backs up to this little canyon looks like back home and then there's what well, we call it a mountain but it's a mesa bluff whatever you want to call it right there and we tuck this house right up in there, and the whole back of the house is glass. And I'm using that for like to bring in songwriters and do stuff like that. So you bet you boys have to make the for sure drive up there. I'll yeah, cook you some you. steaks, and we'll write some songs. And there's this cool deal that there's this big retaining wall we put in, and the retaining wall then turns into a we put those big rocks. It kind of it spins off the retaining wall, and there's a big area for a fire pit and it's perfect so I, we designed it so that like get out there get a fire going yes yeah, sir play some music Heck so yeah. that's my favorite thing to do i that is my favorite thing i love waking up early in the morning and writing songs and you know songs are interesting when you think about it you know this is deep but like what else can you make that requires what everything else you make requires material something like this table required this fine sheet of plywood yeah you know just yep. be my cutting table you know the hats require cloth by the way i want everybody to know this is not a competitor it's just my buddy's <laughs> little hat here uh go to dalebrisby.com to purchase your <laughs> finest <laughs> oh they already apparel. know yeah they already know that'll be Hold you the, uh, what we don't know what, what, the, what i don't know right now is i'm staring at myself what i don't know is that 
your that girl right there. Who is that? Jordan. So Jordan, I'm sorry, Jordan. You can smack me for saying that. Of course, Jordan right now, she's on a computer. And what I don't know is she has somehow taken this off. <laughs> and there's the big Dale Brisby logo Edited right over. there. She's edited it. Go. And even my vest has, has a has a DB on it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and there's probably even an old son. Tattoo. Tat right there. Does that better? Yep. Jordan, is that if you could stop moving so much, it'd make a lot. Is it make, make it a lot well, easier for if, you, if your arm were just a little bigger, like bigger. mine? Could y'all make them a little bigger? Yeah, we could do that. Could yeah, you yeah. stretch it a little? Okay, and make yeah. me more tan. Yeah. Thank you. Use use uh, discount code Aaron Watson on DaleBrisby.com. <laughs> exactly. For uh, buy one get the second full price. <laughs> That's right. Today That's right. only for you only. Yeah. Well, dude, I've it's so impressive your whole situation here. I mean, and what y'all have built. I mean, as a as a businessman, I walked in here and I was like, oh, this is so cool. And we said this off air, but um, the girl that helps me run all my stuff, she, you know, we were talking about, she, I was like, you know, she was like, well, look at his setup and how he's got it. And I walk in and whatever that thing that makes, whatever that equipment is. Yeah. T-shirt press. T-shirt press. The thing looks like you could. Saddle yeah. up and go to the moon on it. Yeah, it looks like a UFO. Yeah, I was like, what is that? Well, well I'm going to have to sell my pickup to get one of them. Probably sell 10 pickups, actually. Yeah, it'll take a couple at least. It'll take It'll <laughs> so, take, It'll take. take a couple of T-shirts to... Yeah. It yeah, reminded me when I saw it of the uh, amusement park in Amarillo, Wonderland. Oh, yeah. dude. It reminded me of the Himalaya. The dude. Spinning yep. thing. Dude, yeah. okay, okay. Park, Do y'all... Yeah. So... So let's talk about that. So, Leroy, you take a little gal to Wonderland Park back in the day. What's the ride you going to take her on? There's one answer. <sighs> I like that that roller coaster. I mean, the Ferris wheel, but it's not boys, really that big. Boys, it's a fantastic journey. Don't y'all remember the fantastic Where journey? Where it was like dark told? in there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. I do remember that. Oh, fantastic journey. Yeah, I remember that now. I was actually picturing it in my head. I, I, I forgot that's what it was called. Let me tell you. Let me tell y'all. You me, let me tell you boys how it would go down. I. You timed how long it's going to take. It's an 18-minute ride. ride. You're going to lay a kiss on her at 16 minutes. That's what I would do, theoretically speaking. And I'd get on there, and, you know, as 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 you get in there and then big doors open up, and you're sitting next to her, and, you're giving your buddies the thumbs up, you know, and, uh, you know, I never could seem to find the right moment Yeah, and it would never happen, but whatever. Yeah. But, but my heart was in the right place, right? Yeah. 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 If I went to Wonderland though, and it was like, if I took a girl with me, like I was going to have fun. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can kiss me when I take you home. You're like, let's go get on the Himalaya. Pulls up first. You're like, at the end of the that, at the end of the night, Leroy's like, hey, sorry about you know, like when we went through the entrance when I took off running and you didn't see me for the rest of the night. I'm sorry about Where that. Where you been? <laughs> I've hit Look at all these ride. tickets I won. Yeah. What's the log one called? The log deal? Yeah, the water. Oh, yeah. Uh, that one was awesome. Yeah. Now, the Himalayan, was that the one in the far end of the... Oh, yeah. That one was in the far... Yeah, with the, I, I'm not... That ain't... 
I ain't about oh. that life. I remember when it would go backwards? I ain't oh, about yeah. that Himalayan life. I loved it. Well, yeah. me. I'll dude, tell y'all. chunks over here. Yeah. Just blowing them. Hey, well, something's happened to me. So about, I don't know, it's been about five years ago, I got to fly with the Blue Angels. And it, we played the air show down uh, at the Naval Air Station in Kingsville. And uh, I had to go down there a couple of days early. We had to run. They kind of run you through how to do the hick maneuver and all those things. And uh, the pilot, I walk out there to that F-18. And the pilot said, now you're real good friends with the skipper, aren't you? And that's the head honcho of the Naval Air Station. You know, that's the, he's the man. I was like, yes, sir. He's one of my friends. He said, well, he told me to uh, give you the true experience not to give you the little joy ride. And I was like, okay. And we were up there for an hour. For an hour. Pulled Dang. like six point something G's. And I was solid for about 45 minutes. And then he kept doing this split S maneuver thing. But he he did this one thing where he we were upside down. And... And then he pushed the nose down. Being upside down and pushing the nose down, that's not normal for the human maybe digestive system. It makes everything go the wrong direction. Oh, so he knew what he was doing. Dude, I, man, most sick I've ever felt in my life. That night we ate at Chili's. I had nothing (laughs) but sweet tea. That's it. Scouts honor nothing but sweet tea. And as I was walking out of Chili's, there's that metal post in the middle of those double doors. And I don't know what happened, but I walked straight. Like, it got me so out of whack. And now, there's certain rides. The teacups at Disney World, they will destroy me. <laughs> I thought like, you were going to say it made it easier. No, the teacup, something messed me up. Like, I went on the teacups with my daughter and some of her friends and you know how you're supposed to get in there and do it as hard as possible what i was doing is i had my hand underneath the 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 spin wheel and them little girls are trying to spin that thing and i'm giving that thing they're like well it just wouldn't spin good and i was like i don't we just got a bad teacup we got a bad (laughs) we got the stuck we got the bad we got the slow teacup y'all go on that again daddy's gonna Hang back. Go get some of those candied pecans. They, I'm telling you, it rocked my world. It's, uh-uh. Man, I have not thought of that. Yeah. Oh, man. Neither have the, I. Leroy still days. does, though. Yeah. Talk about the deep track. Yeah. Well, we normally wrap these up with life advice. So, do you have any life advice oh. for us? Well, last week... My son, Jake, he uh, went up to the driving range with some buddies and uh, came back a few hours later and he's holding his face like this, right? And he was so swollen. And he said his jaw was hurting right here. And I said, what happened? He said, Dad, I was just hitting golf balls. And I had my hat down, and I hit a golf ball, and I looked for the, the shot where it was going, and at that very time, I just kind of blacked out. 
And he said, this girl grabbed my golf club. And apparently she swung it like it was a baseball bat and opened up, smoked me right in the face. And I said, said, son, never trust a woman that's swinging a stick around you, you know? Yeah. And that's what I, that's what I'm just going to leave with that with all the listeners. Yeah. That's, We've already talked about the Bible and Jesus. That's that, basic though. But I that's basic. Like, you know, that's basic. One like, on one life. Like, I don't know what part of, when you saw her swinging that golf club around, like it was a, yeah, a weapon. Don't take your eyes off. The of fact it. that you put your head down. Yeah. That's mistake. Number one. Yeah. So yeah. it's not biblical, but it should be, it should be. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have been awesome. I'm. What, what do you got for advice? Y'all got anything? At, you, you, oh. Leroy. I mean, just wash your hands and say your prayers. Germs and Jesus are everywhere. That's a good one, Donnie. Don't sweat the petty things and don't pet the sweaty things. Mm. Mm. That's probably the best one. Thank you. I came up with that. that <laughs> <laughs> that's. Can you say that again? What is it? Don't sweat the petty things and don't pet the sweaty things. Yeah, that is. Mine would be search for peace, not happiness, and go download Unwanted Man. I like that. That's right. Text the word podcast to 940-353-0890. I'm Dale Brisby. We are on to the next one. Go bear, 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 bear.